It's the state of Victorian greyhound racing and the stories behind the sport. This is RSN 927's Off The Leash. I'm not saying they're iconic names, but they're so familiar and very famous in greyhound circles. The Zoom Top, the Rookie Rebel and the Tem Lee. Have they always been run on the same night? I'm not sure. I'm going to ask Georgie Ferrugia. But regardless, they are at the Meadows on Saturday night. And this is just a... A triple whammy of mega races. Uh, how are you, Georgie? Not too bad, Matt. How are you, mate? <laughs> I, I think that's worth repeating. It's a triple whammy of feature races. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I yeah. think it have works, they always mate, been but... on the same program? Yeah, they have. Okay. They have. Yep. Um, always been the invitational races. And, of course, obviously named after three icons of the sport. Tim Lee was an absolute champion and, and just a breed shaper in this, in this sport. He held the track record at Olympic Park. Zoom Top, of course, we all know the exploits of Zoom Top. She won, I don't know how many races over different distances. Um, and Rookie Rebel um, was the inaugural winner, winner of the Australian Cup back in, I think, 1956. Um, so, no, we've got some, some good names and looked at. They've always been won by some very good races, as you'd expect, very good dogs, sorry, as you'd expect, considering it's uh, their hand-picked fields. All right, Brooke Ennis is the trainer of the one who I think is now the best, although we know that in greyhound racing, uh, Georgie, that it, it can be a bit of a moving feast, but I'm I'm a very much an Amron boy man at the moment, and I'm assuming Brooke Ennis agrees as Brooke joins us. G'day, Brooke. Hi, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I'd like to think he's the best, but look, he's still got a little bit to prove, I think, as well. Uh, I'm still thinking of the Phoenix, George. When I when I you know when I stand up and debate the case for Amron Boy, I talk about the uh, the defeat. <laughs> yeah, look, it was it was probably as much talked about as the winner, to be honest, because he he absolutely came from uh, from nowhere. Brooke, um, thanks for coming on the show. Just quickly, we haven't seen this greyhound since he, he had no luck, obviously, in that pause of Sunday. How's he been in the lead up? Have you trolled him at the Meadows? Uh, you know, have you, has there been a uh, as a thing to keep him fresh because, as we know, when he can begin, he can reel off some fast splits. Yeah, he um, no, look, he, he pulled up really well from the pause of thunder. I think it just wasn't his thing, to be honest. I just think he didn't like Wentworth Park, and you know, it's probably the same as us. It's a long drive, and you don't really look forward to it. But um, no, he had a, he had a, just a week at home after that, and just worked up at home, and he, he's had two trials since and. They've been normal Amron Boy trials, um, you know, which obviously indicates they're fast. But, um, yeah, he, he's been to the Meadows um, since then, and so he's really well, so we couldn't be happier with him. Brooke, I come back to the race on December the 10th, and that's obviously when he took out his first Group 1 final. And, and what stuck out for me was it was a little bit different because he went 5.04 early. There was, a, you know, the, the runs before and the runs after at Sandown and the Meadows. He was, you know, around the 5.15 mark, maybe a touch slower, um, is, is there anything that you can do to try to get him to hop out like he did that day? I mean, uh, and I guess where I'm going with this is if he does, all of a sudden he's almost, in, he's very, very hard to beat. I mean, is, is there is there something you can do with him or is he just one of those greyhounds that can time it sometimes and then other times he doesn't? Yeah, I, I, we don't really change his routine a great deal. So, you know, it's not like um, this week we'll just do a, a ton of box work with him and, and hope that that works. But, you know, it's not something that we, we really do. I, I think it's just, just himself. And to be honest, I really like him from box three. I, I think if he can't have the red, I'd rather him in box three. I think it just he just gets to get in there and settle a bit and, 
you know, I think he, he really just thrives on the competition as well. He just has this massive will to win and, he, and his chase, the chase in him is huge. So, um, you know, I hope that he just gets in there and, and he does time it right because, you know, that's not the first time he's, he's run those low splits. So, um, yeah, I think he just really needs to get it right. It's a bit of a Hall yeah. of Fame box draw, George. Isn't it? <laughs> Amron Boy looks to his left, hmm, there's the $2.3 million earner. And he looks to his right, oh, she's won a couple of mil as well. Uh, Bro, just just with you guys obviously knowing much more about the box draw than me, but obviously even um, people like me will look at this and go, oh, my God. You go, wow, she's fast, Amron Boy, and she's a pool all in a row, and then all the other great ones as well. Just, Brooke, first you and then Georgie's take on it as well. With the two super bitches either side, how you say it's it's a good draw for Amron Boy. How What's the... The, not the likely scenario, but what's the best case scenario when the lid's open f- for Amron Boy, given that the two megastar bitches are either side of him? Yeah, I hope he doesn't look left and right and think that they're... Pers- you might get intimidated. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, like, you can think about that stuff later on. But, um, you know, obviously I think um, we need Wowsie Fast to clear um, Kelsey Bale on the inside, which I think she should probably do that. And, and um, obviously then... She's a pearl. Hopefully we can just hold her out and um, slip in behind while she's fast or even clear her. But I think a lot of the pace is on the outside of those three greyhounds um, and probably more so that they all tend to want to be out there. So I think once they get to box five, you know, you've got McInerney, who's not the greatest beginner but does like to use the track. So, um, you know, if he does begin okay, he might cause some a um, bit of inter- not interference, but he might make it a little bit harder for those other dogs on the outside to cross. So hopefully that's best-case scenario and, and we can clear Kelsey with where she's fast and, and hold She's a Pearl out. And, and we know, you know, if he's going to get that fence and only be one or two lengths off, he, he's going to be right there. Is that your take on how it may play out, George? Yeah, look, when I first seen the boxer, I thought She's a Pearl was drawn really well because obviously we know Amron Boy... Um, does like to look towards the fence. McInerney uses a lot of the track. RSN's own McInerney, of course, in the Phoenix. And even Fernando Mick is a greyhound that um, just stays out wide. So I thought She's a Pearl was going to get clear running if, if um, what happens with, with what Brooke says, if Amron Boy is able to hold out She's a Pearl, well, it's game over for She's a Pearl because we know Amron Boy is so much stronger to the, in, in to the run to the line. Final one from me, Brooke. Um, he's a son of... Zambora Brocky, he's recorded some very, very fast times. Zambora Brocky's stud career, because of AIDS, is seemingly coming to an end. Have you had a lot of interest um, for this greyhound as a potential stud dog going forward? Yeah, it's amazing, um, you know, that people think about that so early in their career. It um, probably hasn't been something that we've discussed personally as such, but um, the interest just from, you know, people at the tracks and, and on the social media, it is something that is um, really well talked about. But, you know, like I try to respond to everyone and just say, you know, look, I hope that, you know, he's racing for another six months and, and can win some really good races. But, look, it will definitely be on the cards when, when the time's right, that's for sure. Gold mine. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's not like my bro Fabio. And, you know, unfortunately, when they pass away, everybody wants a straw because there's a $2 million bitch going around. So... <laughs> Do you ever sort of just sort of spend a bit of time with him? I always say this to, you know, like the Chris Wallers with the Winxes and the Moody's with the Black Caviars and hopefully maybe Emma Stewart later on this morning with Captain Ravishing. Do you do you just wonder why he's so, so much better than the rest when you look at him? <laughs> I'd love to 
spent some time with Captain Ravishing, wasn't he? Unbelievable on Saturday night. Um, but yeah, look, I you just you want these, you don't want to take these times for granted. So um, generally, I find the general consensus is good dogs tend to do good things. So he's got perfect manners at home. Nothing, you know, nothing phases him, and you can take him to the track and and you look at him and you think, oh, this dog doesn't really give you much. You know, he just bolts in it. He doesn't, he doesn't fire up. He, he's just so casually cool that, um, you know, I think that really plays a big part in his racing. He's just he's just a pretty cool guy, to be honest. Yeah. Has he got, it doesn't sound like he's quirky or big personality. He seems like he's just really cruisy. Yeah, he just cruises about. He likes his routine. Um, he, he's a big fan of, of me, and I, like, and I don't say that just because he's, he's fast. He... He just—I think I do all the fun stuff with him, so I think you know he—he thinks I'm his bestest friend. But um, you know, he—and the odd time that he does something silly like dig a hole or something like that, you almost applaud him because you think it's hilarious because <laughs> there's this dog that doesn't really do anything, and then all of a sudden he's done something naughty. So no, he's—he's he's actually a pretty cool guy. <laughs> it's never fun when the slow ones do something naughty, George, is it? <laughs> well, I was—I was—I was going to say my favourite thing with trainers, and Brooke would know this. Um, is that if they're loud and they're a bit yappy and they're not fast, the greyhound uh, trainer would say, "Oh, geez, I say, oh, I'm not, more, I'm not sure how much longer I can put up with this." <laughs> but I can guarantee you, uh, if they can run fast, oh no, he's all right. He's all right. It will just. Yeah, a- Amron boy can howl to the moon for the <laughs> next six right. months uh, and wake up all the neighbours. Hey, uh, Brooke. We actually um, live backing onto a freeway, and there's quite often a few sirens going around. And I tell you what, he is the first one to start howling. It's. Um, you almost applaud him because he didn't know he had a voice. He's a siren impersonator. Yeah. Hey, um, hey, uh, well, all the sirens will be heading towards the meadows. Um, hey, oh, he's, I love the enthusiasm of the Mick McGuans of this world as well when they they see a Captain Ravishing or an Amron boy and you can just see, hear the, the, the love for the athlete. And I'm the same. I'd, I'd love to see him in the flesh and uh, be right up close to Amron Boy, with all due respect to uh, Wow, She's Fast and She's a Pearl. Brooke, fingers crossed that you, you, you make a reasonable break and that, that it plays your way on, on Saturday night. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate the kind words. Yeah. yeah she's a superstar, George. Brooke, not She's a Pearl. No, Brooke's, uh, Brooke's excellent for the sport. A couple of points I want to touch on. It is funny, my bro Fabio Vols have been uh, available for a very, very long time now. Unfortunately, the Greyhound's passed away and he's produced a dog like, wow, she's fast. And you often get this Picasso effect where, you know, when a dog passes, the, the value of their stud career just goes through the roof. The other thing about his stud career, and it was good to hear Brooke talk about, because the prize money is so good now with so many big races there, Matt. Keep them on the track. They just yeah, I think they just hold off on retiring them because, look, stud, look, that dog could go to stud for 3300 for instance, tomorrow and get full book. So you're looking at making, if, if you get 200 females for the year, which you, you're allowed, it's $600,000. But there's races worth a million dollars now, Matt. So there's a big decision to make, and usually when you retire, you can't really come back. I mean, sometimes you can, but... It's a, it's a really final decision. There's there's a, a million dollar race in Brisbane. There's a million dollar chase at Wentworth Park. There's the Phoenix. You know, so I, I think that really plays into into the fans of Greyhound's hands. Where I mean, I, I've heard you speak about it on radio where you get these superstar um, um, cults who retire early because the, the stud value's through the roof, and it, it's great to see some of these greyhounds have a, a longer career going forward. Absolutely. Let's whip through. Um 
It's just mouthwatering saying this sentence. Say, say this is a, these are the names I'm reeling off, right? Kelsey Bale, Wow, She's Fast, Amron Boy, She's a Pearl, McInerney, RSN's own, Mobile Legend, Fernando Mick, Baby JC, Emergencies Electrified and Titan Blazer. It's not the Phoenix, but it's got a Phoenix feel about it, hasn't it? Yeah, it does. And for the second time in history, there's three greyhounds who are million-dollar greyhounds racing in this event. And it's the first time that there's a $2 million greyhound and two $1 million greyhounds in an event. And that, and those sort of stats are going to continue to get broken because of the prize money. Amron Boy is a $3.50 favourite. Um, we often... And I think it happened in the Phoenix too. We forgot about Wow, She's Fast. But people can't forget... A, I think what can't go out of people's minds, Matt, is that how far Amron Boy was from Wow, She's Fast and the fact that he nearly run her down. Mm. And I really think you need to put the line through his races at Wentworth Park. I just don't think he handled the track. He's back on a track where... He's a recent group winner in 29.40. He's got the fastest PB among all of these greyhounds. And if he begins cleanly, he's going to be hard to beat. As um, Brooke alluded to, there is speed in 5, 6, 7, 8, 4 as well in She's a Pearl. The speed's drawn off the track. If Amron Boy can get a sit behind them here, I think he's incredibly hard to beat. He's my tip for the race. Uh, what's the right... I know because she, she's so popular, what's the likely price of Wow, She's Fast and what's the right price for Wow, She's Fast? Uh, I don't think there's much between both of those statements in terms of what, what she should start and what she will start. I think it was purely based on popularity. I think she'd be a $2.50 favourite, but she's, she's at $3.60. I think that's the right price. I mean, she's defeated pretty much all of these greyhounds the last time she's gone around at the Meadows. So... She almost deserves to be favourite, but again, people are thinking Amron Boy at his absolute best is going to be incredibly hard to beat. So I think the price is right. I think She's a Pearl, as I mentioned, is unbelievably well drawn. She's not going to get a worry from McInerney. The only greyhound that could probably worry her is Mobile Legend, the Country Cup's king, Wicked Brand him, um, who, who has a, a habit of, of beginning really, really well. Fernando Mix drawn off the track. Baby JC is not drawn well at all. She. She's got two greyhounds who want to use a bit of the track drawn underneath her, and that's not going to help her. So I can understand why these three superstars are um, the price they are. Um, uh, so it's, it's going to be one hell of an interesting race. And, of course, the week after, they'll all be in heats of the Australian Cup. So they'll all sort of get to potentially challenge each other again in an Australian Cup final in two weeks' time. Can you bring Amaron Boy in? Um, I can't remember. The, there was a beautiful... Great champ! One of the great champs of the last couple of years came in not that long ago. Uh, Shimmershine, Shimmershine yeah. came in. Can you bring Amron Boy in for us? Yeah, yeah. Let's, look, I'll tell you what. If he can win the Semley in the Australian Cup, I think uh, Brooke will be down the highway and bring him in for sure. Shimmershine nearly fell asleep on your desk. No, I know, I know. It was he was becoming a bit of a pain after a while. I couldn't budge him. <laughs> just tell um, Brooke press press eight. That's the level. Just get in the lift and press eight for Amron Boy. Uh, that's yeah. the Tim Lee. Let's talk about the uh, the Zoom Top and the Rookie Rebel. Uh, starting with the Zoom Top, what's uh, what's the vibe like on this race? The vibe. Uh, look, it's a really interesting race because it sounds silly because there's not really a great deal of early pace with Greyhounds over the staying, but especially this race. I think Mapunga Ruby gets a, a big opportunity to almost lead this race again. Um, Corda finished second to her um, last week, and he too can show some speed. He's at nineteen dollars. I think he's pretty good value. Um, Moraine Susie, the last time she was a group in a Group One final here, uh, she won it. She's drawn off box two. I haven't seen her in a little while. It's probably the only concern for me. Corborn Magic is the favourite at two dollars sixty. Drawn well off the, off the inside. He's a greyhound with lots and lots of ability. 
it's it's a real open race. This. Um, I think if Mapunga Ruby can find the front, she might be very hard to run down. She's at $3.80. I'm going to have a bit of a play on quarter at $19 and almost $4 a place, Matt, here. There's a lot of greyhounds who'll be running on late, um, but I think that's where my money will lie for the, the Zoom top. All right, and Jeff Britton's probably won it a few times before, uh, quarters trainer. Uh, rookie Rebel? This is a, a really interesting race because the two greyhounds that are in contention, El Dorado and French Martini, essentially don't really have middle distance form. French Martini stepped up to the middle distance for the first time last week, and I think she got in on the back of her group form over 500 metres, her current form. Uh, she's a $3.20 favourite. El Dorado, the other one, who, of course, was in the Phoenix, made a Melbourne Cup final, probably cut his teeth on running over 500 metres. His form over 600 metres has, has been probably below par. Um, we haven't seen the best of him, but he's a greyhound that essentially is going to run better over 600 eventually, gets to the line well, but he hasn't won a race since the heat of the Melbourne Cup, so... He's at nine dollars. I, I think I think Dookie Devil is pretty hard to beat here at box seven. Six dollars to win, a dollar ninety a place. Again, an each way play for Dookie Devil, only because I think he began begins really well. He doesn't have a very good beginner drawn in six. I think the dark horse of the race is at seventeen dollars, and that's amplified. If he can begin cleanly, um, certainly will be in contention here. But Dookie Devil for mine at around the six dollar mark uh, for the rookie rebel. That, the, the 600-metre race and the 700-metre race are really wide open, I think, this year, Matt. Well, it's going to be spectacular, George. Um, question without notice. Is this on free-to-air or not? No. No, okay. it isn't. No, we it need to work on off. that. We need to nudge the dial a bit on that. I think so. I think it would be great to Cause see. Because you and, um, well, you know, your crew uh, is just you and Molly and all the other guys. It's quite an extraordinary crew. We need more exposure of you guys. Oh, thanks for that. It was it was really fun to do, and it was I thought I thought it was really upbeat as well. I think it's definitely happening again for the Dream Chasers. But uh, but I agree with you. If we can sort of get one uh, going, and I, again we touched on it with um, with Shuey Lang about the match racing going forward. I'd love to see a little bit more of that. I think that'll be fantastic. So, yeah, yeah look, hopefully the, yeah the powers that be um, do something about it. Can I just give some tips for today, too, Matt? Yeah, mate. As long as they win. <laughs> we'll start off with Horsham, race five, number eight, Tom Keeping. Although his win last start was very, very impressive, and I think he can repeat the dose. I like where he's drawn out here, and I think he'll get the job done, race five, number eight. Quaddy numbers at Horsham, first leg, eight, one, and two. Second leg, four, seven, and six. Third leg, eight, one, and three. And we come home with four, six, and nine. Warrigal tonight, race nine, number eight, hitting James. I love when this greyhound draws off the track. Clearly does his best racing from it. And I like the odds here today. We're shopping around the $4.40 mark. Race 9, number 8, Sydney James. Quaddy numbers at Warrigal, 5, 1, and 8 in the first leg. Second leg, 1, 6, and 2. Third leg, 1, 4, and 8. And we come home with 3 and 1. Actually, I've just been thinking about it. I think Molly Haynes actually upgrades you a bit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. You know, well, we, uh, when you jump onto some coattails, just hang on to them, mate. Rough heads on that on that broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, good on you, George. Looking forward to uh, well, what a what a race within a group of races uh, the Temley is going to be. So, good on you, and uh, everyone's looking forward to it. No worries, still soon, mate. George Ferrugia there.